Welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Andy, Don, and Dude. What's going on? It's the Album Nerds Podcast. I'm Dude. I got Andy and Don with me. Got a special show for you today, uh, but I'm hoping you guys are feeling special because I know I am. Andy, how you doing? Oh, you know, I'm feeling pretty special. Got my got my collar popped here. Almost covering my ears. Uh, yeah, so I'm doing good. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> Don, what's up? Let's get oh. it on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> are we, right. we going to fight here? Or what's going on? Oh, I think he was talking about some something a little more tender. Some sexual healing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> get all the song names in there. All right, so... This is the Album Nerds Podcast. We love talking about albums, and uh, we've got a great show for you today. We're talking about one album, an all-time classic that we're revisiting. We're going to answer a question, spin the wheel of musical destiny to find out what kind of albums we'll talk about next time. But this week, Mr. Marvin Gaye, what's going on? That's what I'm talking about! So there was a time when this show only had two hosts. In fact, Andy and Dude produced 142 episodes without me. During those dark times, several interesting albums were covered, but of course, I was not part of the conversation. Periodically, we're going to reopen the conversation on some of those great records. Today, we are spotlighting an album discussed on episode 115, which was also number one on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On from 1971. Let's listen to the opening cut uh, and title track, What's Going On. Brother, 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 there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find So What's Going On is the 11th studio album by American soul singer Marvin Gaye. Born Marvin Pence Gay Jr. Uh, and actually, there's no E uh, on in his, uh, I, I guess, born name. God-given name? I don't know. Uh, uh, and he was born in Washington, D.C. in 1939. Uh, What's Going On is a concept album uh, supposedly told from the perspective uh, of a Vietnam veteran returning home and witnessing the the hatred and suffering and, and injustices going on uh, around him. Uh, supposedly, a, a lot of the inspiration comes from conversations uh, Marvin had with his brother, uh, Frankie, who had, who had served in, in Vietnam. Dude did a, a good job of explaining this. Uh, in episode 115 that supposedly Marvin had presented the song What's Going On to to Barry Gordy, you know, the head of Motown Records and and Barry, uh, you know, rejected it. And then Marvin kind of boycotted, said he wasn't going to do anything for for Motown, you know, until he was uh, allowed to record the album. Uh, And I guess that that finally happened. Well, what what Barry has said is that he he doesn't like being characterized as not recognizing the genius. He has said (laughs) that he just... Thought that it wouldn't sell because that's not the Motown sound, right? Yeah, and I I feel like with every great work or something, you always have to have like a villain that's a no, this 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 won't work. Right. So I, I think a lot of times <laughs> these these stories are, are probably a, a a bit exaggerated. Okay, well let's uh, let's keep going. Uh, here's uh, actually the the closing cut. Inner city blues make me wanna holla. Is that it? <laughs> holla. <laughs> I don't even want to bother talking. I just want to play the record. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's probably my favorite cut, though. It's it's hard to pick one off of this record in particular. Uh, my three words to describe this record are wrestling with the divine. I, I, yeah, Marvin, he, man, he really tapped into something with this record. It does feel like he's kind of maybe channeling something that's a little bit bigger than himself here. Definitely the, the topics are not his usual affair you would hear on on these types of, of his records or anything out of Motown really previously. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to really critique this record too much. There's, it seems pretty uh, flawless and really just... I, I, I think what struck me most listening back to it this time, we've reviewed it a couple times now, but like, man, everything is so cohesive and just has such a nice flow to it from track to track. It almost feels like it's like a sort of a dream state almost, like it's playing out almost in real time, like you're kind of watching it happen in front of you. And I, you don't get, I really don't hear that very often in records where it feels so, I don't, I don't even know what the word is really. It feels so tangible, I guess, when you listen to it. It feels very, very real. And especially the topics feel so, you know, I'm sure in the 70s they were very relevant, but even today it still seems like things we're dealing with and things we're working through. Yeah. On episode 115, I focused more on the reporting aspect of what's going on out there but andy i think you know you're right in terms of the universe like i feel like something bigger is involved here and all the things came into place i mean marvin had been a company man for motown and done the kind of songs they wanted him to do and it, starting in 1965 in particular the watts riots really affected him the, there was some riots that came from some uh, police uh, and citizen-involved violence in the black communities and um, the death of his singing partner, Tammy Tyrell, and then Curtis Mayfield, do um, his album Curtis, having songs that weren't all positive, like Don't Worry If There's Hell Below, We're All Gonna Go. These things all were manifesting themselves to, to Marvin and this other side of him was finally unleashed. And I do think it just kind of fell out of him, you know? Yeah. Marvin, he seems like the more I learned about him, he feels like a very conflicted person who did have a lot of different sides to his personality or. And his singing voice, like those yeah. different sides of his oh, singing yeah. voice. I think you can hear those parts of him in, in that. Yeah, totally. Such a huge range. And I think on the record here, was mentioned that he does do, I think all, I don't know if all the vocals, the backing vocals, the lead vocals, there's little rhythm vocals he adds in. Well, there, uh, there are, there are like background singers, you know, uh, here and there. Like there's actually singing. a few guys from the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I noticed. <laughs> yes. Uh, on what's going on. They're, they're, they're the party guys. Yeah. They're, oh, just trying to chat in the well, background. I know this is a little sidebar, but between like, um, the late 60s, when he kind of stopped recording after all these events had happened, he started hanging out with the Detroit Lions guys, started training, and was going to try and be on the team and be a football player. So <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty amazing, man. Wasn't he pretty old at this time? Like <laughs> Probably 30s, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, he was born in 39. Yeah, so yeah, early 30s. Very Peak. ambitious guy. Let's hear, uh, hear another cut. Uh, this is right on. So Right On was uh, written by uh, gay uh, and uh, percussionist uh, Earl DeRuin. So that's actually the, the longest uh, song on the album and, you know, probably like the biggest sort of like musical exploration, I, I think, happening uh, on the album. But yeah, so the lyrics to, the, to that song are... are 
sort of in that, you know, divided soul idea. So, uh, Andy mentioned that, that, you know, gay sort of seemed like, uh, somebody that was in conflict. You know, he had, you know, different aspects of his, uh, his personality and his, and his beliefs. And I, I think that comes out in this song. Uh, the three words I, I chose to describe the album are just unlike anything else. I think in the world of R&B and soul, uh, I don't think any other album really has this sound. And I, it also stands out uh, amongst uh, Gay's catalog. And I guess it's not a criticism, but it, I suppose if I went back and, and you know, was going to redo the album or something, I, I think I might have left just a little bit more room for, for the music to, to kind of linger. You know, I feel like a, a song like What's, What's Going On, I mean, that could have been seven minutes. You know, I could just listen to that, you know, all day. Yeah. This album in particular wove him into the fabric of our society forever even mm-hmm. though he already was an impactful singer uh this this was different yeah um and like sonically i don't know if there's there's just um I don't know if there, there's kind of like space in it, you know, that it, it's kind of, it's like a big sounding album, but uh, also like Andy mentioned, it's sort of like a dreamlike feel to it. And that's not something I, I had heard, you know, especially in like Motown records. And then uh, again, you know, I, I don't know a ton about music theory, but I, I feel like, you know, the, a lot of times the notes are unexpected or, or the melodies are not obvious. Whereas, you know, I see Motown as being, you know, sort of sticking to the, to the major chords and, and scales. And, and this definitely, you know, branches out. Uh, okay. Well, let's, let's hear one more. Uh, I would really wish we could do every track, but this is uh, Mercy, Mercy Me, The Ecology. Voices, man. Just floating along there. It's so nice. This particular song, you know, I think often the album is talked about and thought about uh, because of the, the the sort of social aspects, you know, the, the issues in society. Um, but this song is one of the first, especially in the soul area, to focus on the earth and you know, I, I got Earth Day. The first Earth Day was in 1970, and uh, this was 1971. But a song about taking care of the Earth because there's not going to be one if if we don't take steps. Give a hoot, don't yeah. pollute. Exactly. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it was almost prophetic, I think. A lot of the songs on this album are, actually. But, you know, like Radiation Underground and the Sky, Please Have Mercy, Help Us, Father, Animals and Birds Who Live Nearby Are Dying. Like, that's had no place in the music landscape at the yeah. time. Yeah, and totally. uh, it's really awesome that it was included here. And it's a beautiful song. The three words I used to describe the album are open your eyes. I think this album continues to open people's eyes to, you know, simple things like his talent, the beauty of it, the realness of it but also potentially to the things that are being talked about and then saying, oh my God, this was 1971 and we still have some of these same things uh, happening, you know, like uh, in in the uh, track Inner City Blues, there's, there's mentions of police brutality and, you know, all this stuff was jarring then and it's, it's jarring now. And I think uh, that is something to be taken very seriously when, you know, we feel like progress has been made and it always is. That's the nature of life. But 
um, it can remind you that there's still work to do. Yeah. Well, you, you guys did a good job in 115 kind of talking about the idea that, I mean, so this album kind of has like, it, it's like this beautiful sadness and pointing out all these things that are wrong, but there's that still that theme of, of hope. Yeah, yeah, totally. Even with, even just Marvin himself, I, you know, his life had a lot of turmoil in it at this point and you just be able to kind of push that all aside and be able to focus on something like this, I think is itself kind of a sign of hope for people. Uh, and I'm sure at the time for him, it felt pretty good to get this out. Uh, some of the other tracks that I thought were, well, they're all interesting. There's nine and they're all good. Uh, Flying High in the Friendly Sky. There's there's conflicting interpretations. Some have said that it's about the, uh, at the time in urban neighborhoods, uh, heroin epidemic and how it's affecting the community. Uh, others that about Marvin's own issues with cocaine and the good, you know, the, the flying high part and, and the dark parts of it. Um, and of course, using in the friendly skies, that was like a tagline for a airline at the time. Yeah. So, United. Uh, yeah. yeah. Save the children. He's speaking parts and then singing them. And it's kind of like when you're a kid and someone they were you know they'd be teaching you a song and the teacher would say the words and then yeah. you'd sing them. It, it's <laughs> yeah. magical, however, a little depressing because of the the idea that no one cares. If if no one cares, then the children's the children are not going to have the life that we just kind of assume is going to happen for them. But uh, yeah, I listened to this preparing for this show. I don't know, fifteen times maybe. Not that I haven't listened to it a lot before, but I always just find more. I never get bored with it. And one thing, Andy, that we touched on, you did in 115, was the jazz elements. And uh, I dug into that a little bit. And, you know, one of the things you brought up, you being kind of the jazziest of us, the modal approach, uh, what's going on, and holy, holy, adopt a modal approach. Um, which is popularized by like Miles Davis. It's improvisation over static harmonies and it allows for that expressive exploratory solos, which I think is part of the energy, the ethereal feeling, that jazz energy, that freedom that jazz has, I think is, is part of what makes this album feel so special. Yeah. As opposed to the Depeche modal approach. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> totally different. No, I think that that aspect is what gives it like its depth and, and all that listenability where you can kind of come back to it and really sink deeper into it than maybe you did the first time or, mm-hmm. or maybe you had it on in the back down and you can give it a closer listen. And it does kind of open up almost like a, like a flower or something. A fine wine. Yeah, totally. The bouquet of this album is spectacular. <laughs> Fruity notes. Um, <laughs> even, even that opening saxophone mm-hmm. on uh, what's going on that was eli fontaine the sa- the sax solo who were his warm-ups so the tape was rolling and he was off on the side this is at least the legend he was just warming up and marvin's like that's it oh and we should mention that marvin uh, i don't know if we did we probably did marvin produced this oh yeah like yeah. you know he he produced this record so it's all it's all from his great mind. Yeah, well, it sounds like we all like this album a lot. 
Um, <laughs> so I, I think we should probably nominate it for the Album Nerds Hall of Fame. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give an emphatic hell yes. Hell yes. Andy. Nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, these are the kind of albums that I had in mind when we were thinking about the Album Nerds Hall of Fame originally. So yeah, this definitely definitely belongs there. So, heck yes. In a hundred more episodes, I'll decide. I need to. I think I need to dig in one more time. <laughs> Go back to it. No, I mean it. It may yeah. actually be. I think Rolling Stone has this one right. I mean, uh, Sgt. Pepper was on the top of that list for decades of the greatest albums of all time. But I think this. I think this is it. So I listen to a lot of different genres, but I have kind of have a lane which is mostly rock. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is an amazing record. So yes, please, Album Nerds Hall of Fame. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations to. I feel like he should be Sir Marvin Gaye. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> maybe that's maybe like in the future, an honor beyond the Ainhoffs is like to start knighting artists. Yes. We have that authority. <laughs> yes. Okay, so that was Marvin Gaye with his 1971 album, What's Going On? I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. If you're enjoying the show, and we hope you are, do us a solid and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Maybe we made you laugh, or you discovered an album you enjoy. Leaving a review keeps the show going and helps other music fans find us. Excuse me, I'd like to ask you a few questions. So it's that time on the show when we ask ourselves a question. So music and other art forms can really make you think about what's going on in the world. Harsh truths and pain and etc. What art or entertainment do you turn to in order to escape from all of that? You know what I've been uh, watching lately that I found very <laughs> entertaining that I'm a little embarrassed to admit that I've been watching it? There's a series of movies called Sharknado that were on like... <laughs> sci-fi channel or something there's six of them they had like people from 90210 and stuff in them yes a lot of b actors which is being generous at times an ensemble cast yeah (laughs) yes it's pretty much a soap opera action movie i kind of i kind of fell in love with them and they're really just the epitome of stupidity but also kind of amazing and that they exist so then it is about as mindless of entertainment as you can possibly find in my opinion and uh i think it's pretty uh, enjoyable in a weird way what do you think's more threatening a sharknado or a gorilla monsoon <laughs> gorilla monsoon well is that's I, I think the gorillas, because they would be once hitting ground. Yeah, that's true. The sharks, once they hit the ground, they're pretty they're much They're just going to flop around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is gorillas. can be dangerous. Yeah, so uh, for me, it's it's usually movies from my youth that I might watch, like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I don't, I'm kind of in that mindset of that careless part of your life. Yeah. You don't, you think you have responsibility, but you don't. So that's always a nice escape. And then, you know, I think just listening to to that music from your, let's say, 5 to 15 age range, Mm -hmm. that can take you away from what's going on in the world. (laughs) Um, Yeah, a little nostalgia. Because, again, depending on the nature of your childhood, but I think that's just a nice little place to hide sometimes. In my case, listening to Cyndi Lauper or whatever just feels good 
because then I, I remember not worrying about anything, you know, <laughs> like I did back then. Uh, I think for me, I, I guess, you know, my escape is is the world of, of sports, you know, particularly like, like baseball, I love because it's on every night or every day uh, over the summer, you know, so, you know, even if you have a hard day or you're watching the news and all these bad things are happening, you can turn to that. Although I'm not one of those people that is like, oh, keep my politics out of sports. You know, it doesn't bother me if if the end zone says unity or, or something right. like that, you know. <laughs> what about you? What do you turn to to escape from the realities uh, of life. Let us know. Go to the socials. Come to Discord, albumnerds.com slash Discord. I'm your density. I mean, your destiny. All right, boys and girls. Gather around everyone's favorite part of the show. Bring out Wadbot here and see what our musical destiny has in store. Your musical destiny will be taking you up to the Great White North. You will be exploring the music of artists from Canada. I can't wait to hear all about it, you hoses. Oh, Canada, you have some artists there. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Nice, a couple. Canadian artists, bands, musicians. Okay. Any artists from Canada in any genre of time. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's quite a few. Indeed it is. You know, it's going to be tough to ignore the Edmund Fitzgerald this time. I'm just trying to decide which Drake album to pick out. Oh, yeah, Drake, huh? Now, yeah, I'd be if we do get into Drake, I, I've never really listened to his music. I, I'm really wondering what he rhymes a boot with. <laughs> we'll have to find out. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> okay, well, who's your favorite artist from Canada? What else do you like from the Marvin Gaye catalog? What else are you listening to? Let us know. Join fellow album nerds on Discord at albumnerds.com slash Discord. You can email us at podcast at albumnerds.com or follow us on Facebook or Instagram at albumnerds. Also, please subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so via PayPal at albumnerds.com slash support. Thank you once again for joining us on the Album Nerds podcast. Never forget what's going on, and we'll catch you next week up in Canada. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you. Listening to Marvin all night long. This is the sound of my soul. Andy, you gonna finish? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave it there. Son. <laughs>